0: Hey everybody, this is normally where you hear us roll our intro and it sounds amazing and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to listen to this podcast. I just want to warn you about today's episode. We're dealing with a topic that's pretty heavy. Uh, We're going to talk about how to process through suicide and specifically when somebody who you know, who you love commits suicide. What do you do about that? I just sharing my story, very personal for me. Um, That's been part of my experience. And trying to help you. And I'm just giving this warning to say if that's not what you want right now in your life, if this isn't an episode for you, that is okay. You can come back later or you can catch us on our next
1: episode. Yes. And today we are not talking about if you are struggling.
0: With suicide we're talking about experiencing somebody else commit suicide that's right and I'll say if you are struggling with those thoughts and if we could help you we would love to help you the fastest way to get help is to go to crossroads.net click the chat icon and just share how you're feeling and we could love to get you help from there
1: you can also call the
0: suicide and crisis lifeline which is 988
1: let's do it all right here we go great hey there I'm Nick I'm in my 20s trying to figure out life and what faith has to do with it. I've got a lot of questions, probably very similar to the ones you've got. But here's the thing I'm looking for a better answer, and it's difficult to find someone who can help. So I'm bringing on Kyle, a mentor of mine, who's going to help me find a better answer. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Better Answer. I'm Nick. And across from me is Kyle Ranson. I'm right here. And he yep. had the audacity. Do you hear him
0: smacking? My That's my gosh. Invisalign. I got Invisalign. That's Invisalign? I thought that was yeah. gum. No, it's Invisalign. Oh, well, now I feel yeah. bad. <laughs> you were making fun of my Invisalign. I thought you were chewing gum. No, I have I have like oh. plastic casing on my teeth at all times now. It's very odd. Wow. But if I take them off... Then there's like these little sandpaper castles or burrs on the outside of my teeth that they like click yeah. into. So then those little burrs just rub the inside of my lips. So I okay. don't know. I have to, I'm gonna I'm I'm talking on stage this weekend. I have no idea if I'm gonna wear them on stage or if I'm gonna take them out. Either way, it's gonna be awful. So I mean, what's the cost? Of you not wearing them for a day? Uh, bad. Really? Yeah. It's it's bad. I'm supposed to wear them for 22 hours a day. Or else or my teeth revert i don't know they rebel and go backwards <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure they're like you have to wear i think i could wear them i think i could like take them take them out like go on stage yeah. talk for 35 yeah. minutes put them back in and then do it again you know a couple times that'd be fine but so i'm guessing i mean tell me if this is true you had braces uh no never oh Okay, so I'm no. 0 I'm out for 2. Yeah, well, because most people who have Invisalign as adults, they had braces as kids, but then their teeth change, they mm-hmm. keep moving. Mm-hmm. And so they, they get like gentle Invisalign. Like my yeah. sister-in-law had it, and she said she had to change her trays because they give you like different molds as your teeth move yeah. every four weeks, and she didn't have to wear hers at night. Huh. My doctor has me changing them every two weeks, and I have to wear them 22 hours a day. Okay. Because my teeth Jeez. are really bad because they were never dealt with. So, well. There you go.
1: Hey, pray for Kyle's teeth. Yeah, that'd be great. And speaking with Invisalign, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Why don't you just say it from stage? Just, we'll hey, practice vulnerability. I probably
0: should. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. 30% of my brain is thinking about these things in my mouth all <laughs> the <this whole> time. <laughs> so, all right. We've we've talked to you guys, and you heard the warning in the front.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about suicide, and we've talked about We've had two other episodes. We've talked about when someone you loved dies, and you know they knew Jesus, when someone you know dies, and you don't know if they believe in Jesus, and today, we're talking about someone you know who has committed suicide. Yeah. And it's a very heavy topic. I'm nervous. I'm nervous to talk about this. I don't know I don't really know what's what we're gonna how we're gonna navigate this, uh, but I do think it's
0: important for us to talk about because it's real, yeah, and it's hard, yeah. So uh, how do we how do we start? Um, well, I want to start with you know again we said this in the intro just in case you skip past it this this is not I'm contemplating suicide. What do I do about it? Um, that's a really really big one. This is yep. someone in my <laughs> life has committed suicide. How in the world do I process this? And you know Nick Nick was saying right before we started recording, he's like, oh man, this one feels like way heavier than the mm-hmm. last two. Yeah. And it does for a reason. yeah, And it's because when somebody who you know and love commits suicide, you are grieving, processing, getting angry about not just someone who you love dying, but someone who you love being murdered mm-hmm. and someone who you love murdering someone who you love. Mm. All wrapped together, all at the same exact time. It mm. just creates this like... That's, that's a lot. Knot of... Yeah. grief and anger and all those things. Um, And for me, this is really personal. I said that up front. I think I've told this story from stage a couple times. Um, But about a year and a half into our marriage, my father-in-law committed suicide. And it came with very little warning. We didn't know he was mentally ill. We didn't know he was struggling with this. Mm. He was a happy, gregarious, just like the best guy to hang out with. I remember in our first year of marriage, they came to visit me and Sarah for the first time. And my father-in-law showed up and, you know, we're hanging out. It's like 10, at night. He's 60 something years old. Yeah. 60 years old. Yeah. He's like, hey, let's go get some some Bud Light and White Castle. I love Bud Light and White Castle. You want to have Bud Light and White Castle? I was <laughs> okay. like, yeah, I love Bud Light and White Castle. I didn't know anybody else in the world <laughs> thought it was such a good combo, you know? I, so, I don't think anybody else does. Think that's okay. Well, try it. Try it. Just, um, just, just try it. So
1: that's, okay. So I could try half of that. Yeah. I don't think I could bring myself to go back to
0: White Castle. Oh, man, so good. That's yeah. so good, late night food. Okay, so my point was, <laughs> he, was he was just awesome to be around. Yeah. Um, he was an HR executive, human resources. He was in his 60s? He, he was, yeah, I think he was 60, almost right at it. Um, so further along in life, which it turns out, as a by the way, one of the most at-risk groups for suicide are mm-hmm. older white men. Hmm. Um who reach a point, I think, thinking I'm going to get into my life and retirement is going to be the thing that satisfies me and it's like my fulfillment and they get mm. close to it and something spooks them, something just gets them off. And I'll talk more and more, you know, it's not just like someone gets scared and commits suicide. That's not what happens. But there are these little things that happen in their life that they interpret, I think, mm. in, in ways that are yeah. pretty extreme. And for sure, that's some of what we know um, happened with him. So yeah. anyway, I say that I, I tell the story much more detail. I'm not going to spend the time on this podcast to go into detail with the story because I want to help you with your story. I just want you to know if you're listening and I'm guessing I don't know why you're listening to this unless you've, you've dealt with this. This isn't like, oh, right. I'm going to opt into this. What a fun topic. Right. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> maybe you are and I think that's great and that's wise because even if even if you don't have this experience with one of your personal family members or your personal friends, one of your friends is likely mm-hmm. to have this experience yeah. at some point in your life and for you to understand it and be able to help them will be absolutely massive.
1: Yeah, and that that's the boat that I'm in. I have not experienced anybody uh, directly connected to me committing yeah. suicide, and I'm, you know, grateful for that. So, if you're in that boat with me, listening, uh, I'm stepping into this to learn, understand, empathize, and have compassion. Yeah. So that I can bring that to anybody else if that should be needed. And so that's if you, if you're in that same boat with me, that's that's what you want to be doing with me right here, right yeah.
0: now. There you go. Okay, so let's let's dive into it. Um, oh, and let, let me say this too: if you want to hear my story. I have told it from stage a couple times. I wish I just searched to try to find it and I, I failed, but um, (laughs) I did a message that I called the end at Crossroads. You can go to crossroads.net and try to find the end. What's Um, it about? It was about the The name of Jesus called the end, which I'm actually going to talk about a little bit. Really? In this episode, yeah. Like Alpha and Omega? and the Alpha, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Hmm. That's actually one of the most comforting pieces of scripture to me um, when it comes to this topic. So I'll right, say that for the end. Let me jump into a, a few things about it. One, like I mentioned, it is, I think, possibly the most painful type of death you could experience with yeah. a friend or a loved one. Um, because oftentimes you, you don't see it coming. It's a complete surprise. And so you, you didn't know that was your last conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and any kind of death is very painful. So I don't say that to minimize any other form of of, of grieving. It's not to be like, you know, what, a you're sad. Come on, don't be sad. It's not nearly as bad as what I went through. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's a unique weight and pain that comes with it. Mm Um, and here's some thoughts. So I'm gonna give you some thoughts. In somewhat of a thought through order, like I said, the end will be the end. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Number one that helped Sarah and I process through some of our grief um, is coming to the conclusion that suicide is a choice, but it's not one made by a well person. Mm. So think about in the 1700s, okay? yeah. What did, <clears throat> what did society know about cancer in the 1700s? Nothing. Not much. Nothing. What did they know about any illness in general? Not much. And we're only going back 300 years in history. Right. So we're in, 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 the, in like, no matter how old you think the earth is, how long people think have been around. <laughs> okay. 300 years is not that long. Yeah. yeah. And we were putting leeches on people. <clears throat> yeah. To like drain their blood when they got sick, to take away the bad blood to help them. Okay? Hey, it worked for my common cold. Yeah. Just get some leeches. <laughs> Put them on just kidding. your face. No, um, I haven't done that and don't do it. And, it, and I bring this up to say, we, we barely know anything about physical illness right mm-hmm. now, but mm-hmm. we know a whole lot more than we did 300 years ago. Right. It is at best the 1700s when yeah. it comes to understanding mental illness. Right. We don't understand much about it yet. Yeah. We're only just coming to even get that there is this thing called mental illness, yep. that it's as real and as valid as physical illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just kind of have this I don't know uh, empathy almost yeah. for like yeah, yeah. part of why it's confusing for someone whose family member dies of um, suicide is it versus somebody who's, whose family member dies of some kind of horrible form of cancer. The mm-hmm. cancer is understandable. Yeah. You could see it. You know what it means. You can, it, it's an illness. You understand it's changed their body. And I know some people will experience forms of cancer that, or other illnesses that will change personality, especially yeah. if it's some kind of an illness on the brain, a brain tumor or something like that, right? It can change yeah. them. And you have a, there's a grace for that person because you know it's the sickness right. that's changing them. And with suicide, I would say it's a choice made by a mentally ill person. Yeah. And so uh, while, you know, there were stages, I say, where we were angry with Sarah's dad about making this choice and angry with God about the choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were stages where we think that, you know, why didn't we see this so we could stop it? It was super, super helpful to come to terms with the fact that her dad was sick. Yes. He was a sick right. person. He was not able to make rational decisions in his life any better than a person with a broken leg is able to walk. Mm. It was a sickness that no one could see and no one could understand. And again, maybe someday medicine will catch up, but we're not there yet. That almost makes me, I feel even
1: worse. It's, it is a comfort to lean on of, okay, they needed help. Yeah. But also if someone did have a broken leg and then like somebody forced them to run a marathon. Yeah. That would be hard to watch. It would be awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's just, that's tough. Can I, can I ask a couple of questions about the, the story you're telling. Yeah. So it was your wife's mom or dad. Yep.
0: And then did her mom have any clues? Uh, not much that we know of. So he attempted a few weeks before he succeeded. And that was kind of our like, oh my gosh, wait, what happened? Okay. Wait, you did what? Man. Yeah. Um, and so there was a few weeks where we we realized he was sick. We tried to get him help. We thought the help was working and then, and then it didn't. Okay.
1: Yeah. Dang. Dang. That's, that's hard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm reading, I'm reading some verses to the side over here. Cause I think, I don't know. It's such a, it's such a topic. It doesn't come up hardly ever.
0: Well, and uh, I'll say in your life, you know, if you're if in the boat of Nick and you're like, I don't have this experience. Um, and I, you know, I don't know like that my friends do. I would say probably somewhere in your network of friends or work relationships or neighbors or family oh, there members. Definitely is, yeah. They have that experience. <clears throat> yes. They just don't talk about it because it sucks to talk about.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I wish, I wish we could bridge that gap. Yeah. And so like what I'm reading is, uh, just, some of the first words used to describe God in many many verses is compassionate mm-hmm. or tenderhearted um gracious things like that and wow wouldn't wouldn't it be a different situation if that was our first reaction to everybody yeah or even the people in your life like how how do we i'm in terms of the boat that I'm in learning how to be empathetic or reach out to people uh how do i get people to know they can trust me yeah and actually be reliable and show that yeah. So when they're going through something or they know somebody going through something, they can talk to me. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And I think that compassion is a big part of it. You know, yeah. I, I hate when somebody, somebody I meet somebody and they're like, oh, who so your family? And yeah. all my, <clears throat> my parents live in St. Simon's Island, George. Oh, what about Sarah's parents? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, our dad died. Oh, how did he die? Yeah. Hate that question. Yeah. Because to give the answer, <clears throat> uh, it just, I don't think that people mean to... No one's trying to be rude. It's just mm-hmm. like the general response, it just feels... There's a stigma attached to it. It just feels mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this because you're n- you're going to be awkward and not know how to respond. Right. So there's a, there's a shame associated with it. Yeah. It, I think it's part shame and just part like, okay, we're about to enter into this thing that our society doesn't really talk about but happens all the time. Mm. So you just... You just have no idea what to say, yeah. you know, and then I feel yeah. bad because that person's sitting there, and I'm like, I know you're just sitting there going, I don't know what to say, yeah, and I just want to be like, it's okay to not know what to say, right? <laughs> but just to, it, 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 again, if you're in the Nick situation and someone, you, someone says this to you that this happened in their past or you know, current, man, just to, just to acknowledge, oh my gosh, that's so awful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear mm-hmm. that. Like, just. Acknowledge it as a normal tragedy. Yeah. Um, that just means that just means the world. When 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 I came back, so it happened, uh, and then I came back to work here at Crossroads, and I was out for like probably two weeks dealing with it. Yeah. Because they were out in Iowa, Sarah's parents, so we had to fly out there, and then right. Uh, Sarah's the oldest daughter. I'm the only son-in-law. So like we were in charge of all the stuff, funeral yeah. arrangements and getting everything set up and mm-hmm. figuring out what to do, help her mom figure out what to do, sell the house, keep the house, you know, all mm-hmm. the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came back to work, the the things that meant the most to me were when people just acknowledged that it happened. And hmm. in, in whatever words they had, just like, yeah. man, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And, and that can feel cheap, I think, to say to somebody, like it doesn't cost much. Like, I'm sorry, feels cheap.
1: Yeah, it does because you can't
0: offer anything. Yeah. But the offer is just like, I see that, I see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And, and and, and again, no matter what words you use, if you just notice how someone feels, it helps them feel like they're allowed to feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, Versus I had other interactions of people, you know, who just, I think they didn't know what to say, so they didn't say anything. Yeah. And those are so much worse because mm. I'm inside. I'm like my, 95% of my brain is only thinking about this thing. Like 99% I'm here because right. I, I need to be here. But right. so just like the acknowledgement, I think can go a whole long way longer than you think it could.
1: Right. And I think that's what, that's kind of what I was trying to say about the, the shame is like you, if I were to come up to you and not say anything, it's because inside I'm like, oh, I, I don't have anything good to bring you. Yeah. But what, but what I'm hearing from you,
0: what you are looking for is acknowledgement. I don't need you to fix it because you can't fix it. Exactly. And nothing you're going to say is, is going to make it better. And don't yeah. please don't try to make it better. Right. Please don't try to tell me why. The silver lining. Yeah, whatever. please yeah. don't silver line yeah. it. That's okay. the worst thing you could possibly do. And that right. goes for any death of any family member. Never try. Yeah. Oh, well, at least they're in heaven with Jesus now. <sighs> yeah, true. Great for them. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, but I'm here sad. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so I, it, it, I don't expect anyone to make it better, but I think we're meant to be, we're meant to grieve yeah. You know, the scripture says bear one another's burdens, mm-hmm. not fix mm-hmm.
1: them. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the healing process?
0: You know, like. Well, some of it, like I, like I said, it is reconciling what is suicide? What the heck happened? Yeah. And so, again, point one, it's a choice, but not one made by a well person. And so, you, you want to acknowledge this person was sick. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of that, though, kind of point two would be. The other side of the same thought is that it is a choice. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. Sarah and I, we had to allow ourselves to get angry yeah. at her dad for making that choice. Yeah. Um, and not at God for not stopping him. And I say we, we did go through phases of like, God, why didn't you stop him and get mad at God? Mm-hmm. But the conclusion that we came to is that free will actually exists our actions and our choices really do have massive and sometimes unchangeable outcomes yeah and this is something that like on an intellectual level I think every adult knows yeah Uh, again be from suicide just go like okay well if if someone murders somebody else that somebody else is dead Mm -hmm. forever they're not coming back to life on earth the way that we know it you can't can't fix the situation that's a free will choice a free agent made that choice and I you know I won't go into all the reasons in this episode about um, why that's worth it. I think we've talked about this in past episodes mm-hmm. about the idea of love and love can't be automated and all sorts of things like that. I'm just, I'm just going to say it, I no longer get mad at God yeah. for not stopping him. But I did get mad at my father-in-law for making that choice, even as he was unwell. And I, those might feel like in contrast to each other. You know, like, well, if he's unwell, yeah. how could you be mad at him? Well, because it was still a choice. Right. And and to to not acknowledge anger is to keep that anger forever. Yeah. And so I had to acknowledge the anger and then forgive him. Yep. And that's a huge part of this is Mm. walking through forgiveness for your loved one, even as you're sad and missing them. Because again it's this layered thing of they're gone, but they were the one who murdered themselves. And Mm -hmm. you have to forgive Mm -hmm. them for that murder, (coughs) really. So you had to be honest with yourself. And not
1: hide what was really going on inside you. Yeah. And same for your wife I'm guessing. Yeah. And you relied on each other, it sounds like, right, to help process those things. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what did as you processed together, what did how did it impact, if at all, your faith? Yeah. How did it what did it threaten in your faith? What did it augment, you know, those types of things.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I think it for sure pressed on well, God, why don't you stop bad things from happening? And and before that, I knew he didn't. I knew he didn't. I'd been to South Africa. I'd Mm -hmm. seen suffering outside Mm -hmm. the United States in like massive clear ways. I'd seen it inside the United States. I'd seen suffering before. Um, I had people die in my family, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But seeing horrific tragedy in your own life, it takes this illusion. You didn't even know you were being deceived by completely away, which is like... <clears throat> oh, bad things really, really do happen. God really, really doesn't stop them all. Yeah. And I had to reconcile, what does that mean? How can God still be good? That mm. was a massive, massive, massive one. And I think we've done an episode on that. If we haven't, we should do a whole episode on, on yeah. that, if not more, because yeah. that's, a, that's a huge, huge thing. Now, but the conclusion I came to on that is that the Bible is full of promises about suffering, but never once in the Bible does God ever promise to prevent suffering and tragedy? Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. doesn't promise it. And so <clears throat> it's that moment where you're like, wait, you're, I'm mad. Why? Because you didn't do that thing you said you would. And you're like, right. I never said I was going to do that. Right? Oh, you didn't? Yeah. And so I had that moment. And again, the conclusion I came to is that we are complete free agents. We're free to love God and do the things that he says lead to life and blessing, or we're free to um, choose against him and cause pain. But the thing that I see God do over and over and over and over again in scripture, the promise he does make related to suffering and tragedy Mm -hmm. is he promises to redeem it. Mm -hmm. He says in Isaiah 61, he'll take ashes and he'll give you beauty for those ashes. He says in Joel 2.25, I will redeem or restore the years the locusts have eaten or destroyed, Mm -hmm. which is a reference to say when swarms of locusts would come in and destroy crops, that would wreck a family <clears throat> yeah. or a village for years and years and years and years. Just destroy them, send them into pain. There'd be starvation. People would even die. And God would say, I will redeem those years. Mm-hmm. I will bring mm-hmm. restoration out of it. And so the miracle isn't that he stops suffering. It's that he'll, he promises to take it yeah. and, and turn something good out of it. Not mm-hmm. Again, not to say like, oh man, it's totally worth it. Because X, Y, and Z, I don't have the, it was so worth it. No, it's never worth it. Right. i always go backwards. i right. always take it backwards. Mm-hmm. But... You know, even in that pain, God says He can make something good out of it.
1: Yeah. And for Kyle, referenced a couple episodes episode 16, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And episode 40, Coping and the Purpose in Suffering.
0: There you go. There's two of them there.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I'm struggling to even ask questions. Like, I'm just being honest with you. Like, I'm learning and I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to know how do I care for somebody in this position? And then. Uh, Like what hope? I don't know. So actually, let's distinguish this. There's the version where you just want somebody to acknowledge it, right? Your daily interactions, normal, et cetera. Uh And then there's a situation where you're brought alongside somebody, right? Yeah. Like let's say your best friend is alongside you in it. So it's more than just acknowledgement, right? You now have a greater role next to them. How do I support you? How do I speak to it? How do I uh, bring hope how do I help you understand your, you know, like those types yeah. of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the biggest thing is you don't need to fix it because you're listening to this. You're probably not a professional grief counselor. Yeah. And right. your friend doesn't need you to become that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and I'll say if you're listening to this and you're, you're the me side of the story where you have experienced this personally, Man, talking to a counselor, or a therapist is a great idea. Mm-hmm. You should totally do that. Yeah. It's really going to be good for you. Yeah. Your friends aren't going to fill that spot. They, they just can't. Um, but friends, what we can do is we can, be, we can be intentional, especially in the early year or two or three, about just asking our friend how they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the commitments that we made coming out of it, and you know, a lasting legacy <clears throat> that's a little bit of redemption is Serenity's made the commitment of we'll always talk about how we feel now. Mm-hmm. We're not going to hide it, um, which is some of what we see in in her dad's story. of he he, he obviously felt horrible for a long time and didn't tell anybody, yeah, yeah, and didn't feel safe talking about it for whatever reason. I don't I don't know, but yeah. we just committed to we were going to talk about how we feel mm. and and never get anywhere close to that point point, right? and right. be honest right. and, and create a safe, safe place to, you know, where yeah. we don't freak out about how each other feel, but we just yeah. listen. And I think you can do that for them. And then the other thing you can do, this sounds so minor, but just to remember, mm-hmm. um, every year is April 14th. was the day that, um, he died. And every year that is a, a, a pretty hard day for mm-hmm. Sarah. Mhm. And there is a small collection of friends and family who will still send her a text. Um, mm. I mean, it's been fifteen years. Yeah. And yeah. Again, on April fourteenth, she at the end of the day, she's like, "It's like, how are you feeling?" Yeah. And you know, she's sad, and but she was like, "Well, I got a text from so and so who remembered, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that means the world." Right. Just because, again, it's like I see you. I acknowledge that you're you're probably sad, and I want you to know that I know you're sad. Yeah. And I'm thinking about you. I'm yeah. praying for you. That's like, yeah. Man, that means that means so much. Again, I'm not. <clears throat> it's not text your friend the thing that's going to turn their frown upside down. <laughs> yeah. Don't do right, that. Right, right. You don't need to do that. But just yeah. like, man, I know today probably a hard day for you. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. Yeah. That Absolutely. will mean that's like gold. Basically, like I'm here for you, and yeah. I see you. Yeah, I'm <clears> here <throat> and I see you, you. You didn't have to say like, you know. Sometimes people would go like, "What do you need?" I go, like, well, "I don't know what I need." Yeah, that's don't, yeah. don't. don't give me the burden of trying to figure out what I need. Right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't actually need you to offer anything. Yeah, that, that's well, hard. Yeah, what I need is to be understood. Mm. Okay. That's that's enough. I've
1: heard, I've heard JP Pacluda a a pastor I listened to, uh, he's talked about death before also. And he said, yeah. resist the urge to say something profound is mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, like, I don't know, like in the situation you're in, if I was like, you know, Kyle, it's going to be okay because I think God's working on control in your life. Right. It's like how terrible would that be? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like that would just not be good. So, and I I don't know, it's like this, like, I need to say something, you say something. I think God's doing something in your life. Like, okay, not the moment, you know?
0: Not the moment. Um, Don't need your prophetic word about whatever you right, No. It's, yeah,
1: and uh, so, no. and like hear what Kyle's saying, like all, all, the, all they're looking for is, hey, I see you and I'm here for you. That's right? it. And you can yeah. say, say that. Again, yeah? just,
0: just, I remember that you're sad. Yeah. yeah. That, that may be, I'm trying to think of anything more powerful. I, I think that may be the most powerful thing you can do. Mm. I remember that you're probably sad. Yeah, and I want you to know that I know, and I'm thinking about you. Mm. Yeah, Cause it's like because then you know, I think I think part of what happens with with suicide, everybody experiences death in their family. Yeah, okay, and and if that happens, you're not alone in your grief. Yeah, because so many people knows what, know what that feels like. Yeah, when you experience death by suicide, you feel alone. Yeah, barely anybody else knows what this feels like. Is mm-hmm. what, it, and it turns out that actually far more people do than you think of, but. Right. You just feel so alone and like, I don't even know what to think or feel or anything. So just again, just to know that right. Acknowledge that, that that's how somebody feels. Yeah. is huge. Um, that's the thing I've repeated most often in this episode, by the way. And if you go in the Bible and you see things that Jesus repeats, that's how you know it was important. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. pretend that that's, that's true with me yeah. too. Yeah. So if you take nothing else away, um, Take that away. Remember. And I'll say if you're the person in their family who <coughs> has experienced that, remember with your family. Ask your loved one. Ask them ask what it feels like. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Let me hit this, this part. Yes. Because one of the big things you have to wrestle with if you're a believer and this happens is like, man, is, is, is my loved one saved? Do they, mm. do they go to heaven?
1: And the, so why is that even a question? That's I, need to ask um,
0: that. I think there's these hangers on in different Christian circles about the idea of unforgivable sin. That's part of it. So like, is this one of the unforgivable sins? Right. Um, Now, I don't see any sin in the Bible personally that's so horrible that it's bigger and more powerful than the redemption and love of God. Yeah. I don't see that one in there. Yeah. Um, Because that would make sin more powerful than God. And I don't think that's there. Now that talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, that's kind of what people always go to. It's like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Right. I think that means you reject God. You flat out, I don't want you. In yeah. my life, yeah, um, and I think that's a different thing. We know for sure, you know the 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 sin of suicide is murder. Mm-hmm. You just murder mm-hmm. yourself, not somebody else. Yeah. So the sin of suicide is murder, and if you go through the family tree of faith, you'll find many murderers who God uses. Moses, uh, redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find King David. Yep. Um, and on and on and on. Saul? So Saul, yeah, it—it's not an unforgivable sin. You'd be really hard to find that in in scripture.
1: I think some people would try to say, and I don't believe this, that it's unforgivable. It's unforgivable because you're not alive to ask for forgiveness.
0: Yeah, which I would say, like, oh, okay. So then the reason I'm forgiven is because I remember to say right. sorry and forgive me for every think single about, sin I ever committed. Uh, <laughs> That's not
1: the gospel. And that's like, religion. Sin is if Jesus was in your position right now, would he be doing what you're doing? The num- the number of times I missed that mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like right now I'm missing that mark.
0: Yeah, I would say asking for Gosh. forgiveness over and over again would be a would be a work. Yeah. It's and, why Jesus paid for it all one time. Yeah. 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 That's that's what I see in scripture is that when when you come to Say, Jesus, I believe who you, you are, who you say you are. Will you forgive me and be my Lord and Savior? Once and for all, all your sin, past, present, and future mm-hmm. is dealt with. It's all yeah. separated from you eternally as far as the east is from the west. Yeah. And you're washed white as snow, and you can't make yourself unclean again. Yeah. Jesus says, and I think it's in John 15, he's in this middle of this rant about uh, vines and the vineyards and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he just pauses and he looks mm-hmm. at his guys. He's like, you're already clean. Because yeah. of the word I've spoken to you is what it yeah. says. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the, that's the reality is, in this beautiful way, yeah. you're saved once once for all, in my interpretation. And no matter what you do, that holds true. Now, on the other side of that, you can still cause massive, massive, massive lasting pain. You know, So this isn't like, oh man, who cares? Mm-hmm. You're saved, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, the this will make sense for everyone who's experienced it. I would say the, the choice that the person makes to commit suicide is more violent to the people they love than if they walked up to those loved ones, took a chainsaw and cut off their legs. Hmm. It is more violent and painful than that. <clears throat> and it is just as devastating and just as long lasting. Yeah, Because you can process through the grief and you can process through why it happened and you can forgive and you can... But you go through the rest of your life with this painful missing part of you, yeah, that's just not there, right, and it would be better if it was, you know right. my kids will yeah. nev- have, my, none of my kids ever met their grandfather, yeah, and they <clears> want <wouldn't> to <throat> know about him increasingly now, what was he like, he was just like, man, I know he would have been an incredible grandfather, yeah, none of them get to experience that, yeah, um, so it's there's this pain to it, mm-hmm. um but let me hit the part about the end, so this is. This is in that message I referenced. Um, if you can find that on crossroads.net, but one of one of the most comforting names in Scripture is one I think I had never heard a message preached about until mm-hmm. I gave that message, which is part mm-hmm. of why I wanted to give it. Yeah. people will give messages about uh, God as uh, Emmanuel or the Prince of Peace and talk <clears throat> about peace. You know, all the different names for for Jesus, but um, his name is the End, and that comes from the book of Revelation, Revelation 21, verse five, it says, then he who sat on the throne, that's God, yeah. said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's so comforting to me is because suicide feels like the absolute end it yeah. is over. But what Jesus says in this scene, that's Jesus on the throne. If it's not Jesus, if it's not Jesus saying, I'm making everything new, I'm making yeah. it all <clears throat> all right. I'm fixing all of it. If it's not Jesus on his throne saying that, it is not the end. Mm-hmm. It is an imposter end. Yeah. So yeah. you got, it's like, it's like watching the first half of the Avengers movie. What was it Infinity War and then Endgame, right? Maybe, yeah. So it's like watching <laughs> Infinity War, stopping and being like, ah, oh, I guess it's over now. Yep. No, it's not right. the end. Right? Watch right. Endgame. And yeah. That's the end. It's the same. There's yeah. this. There is an, an after this life that is more real than this reality. Yeah. And that's where the end lives. And in the end, the end stands up and he makes everything completely new.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So, there you go.
1: Yeah. Thank you for bringing your story to us. Thank you for being honest. Um, yeah. And I, I, hope that it helps people listening either process through something really hard. Um, I think the biggest thing I heard from you on your end is to be really honest with yourself, actually mm-hmm. step into and feel fully what you're feeling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: name them and move through them, bring somebody alongside with you. Right.
0: Yeah. Don't grieve alone. If you're in it and you <clears throat> don't, don't grieve alone, reach out, yeah. tell your friends how you feel, even if yeah. they are awkward about it yeah um seek professional help right. email me I'll, I'll i'll email you i mean yeah honestly what i was looking at from my, my notes for this episode is an email that i wrote to a woman uh, about a year ago who just mm-hmm. said um she just lost her father and she she knew my story yep. and so it was just kind of going like what do i even do and yep. so i just wrote her an email and said hey, here's seven yeah seven things that helped me <clears throat> yeah and yeah um tell people yeah right so the message i referenced i found it you found it. Yeah, it's called How It Ends Week 3 Real Hope. It is from June 22nd, 2019. You can find it on Crossroads.net. Great. Okay. There you go. And so, and then on my in my boat, from someone who
1: hasn't experienced it, what I heard was just let them know that you're there
0: and that you see them mm-hmm. and the pain that they're experiencing. And yeah. that's it. Like that's, that's it. That's the best thing I can do. You don't have to do any more. <clears throat> and, and don't expect any more. Yeah. If your friend just like... Thumbs up your text. Yeah. Good. You you did it. You're a champion. I love the verse that Kyle
1: referenced about bearing each other's burdens. I think that shows how we're meant to take care of each other. Be that person, you know, Um, step into knowing each other deeply. And Mm -hmm. you said, like, even if they react awkwardly after you tell them how, how you feel, that will, that awkward stage ends at some point. Yeah. or those friends leave you you find friends who actually can can bear that with you. Yeah. And I just I want you to know like I have those friends cuz it's and it's taken time. It does take time. But I push for them to know me and I push to know them and we bridge that gap. And yep. so man or woman, it does not matter uh, know each other. Learn yeah. to learn to know each other. That's right. Yeah. Yep. All there right. So, hey, thank you guys. Thanks for thanks for bearing with us. Uh, Kyle is going somewhere <laughs> for a couple of weeks <laughs> but we're gonna try to get Justin in here so I'll see you guys soon we love you guys uh, email us if you need to happy to happy to talk all right see ya